and we are live. Welcome back, beautiful and amazing human beings. This is Luke Radowski and Jason Burmis of We Are Change here for our Sunday live news show every Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern. And today is January 27th, 2019, where we will be live for the next hour. First, taking a random phone call, going over two important stories that me and Jason have selected individually, as well as uh, an important news story Monday through Sunday every day of the week. And we're going to end with some more random phone calls. Uh, and we're going to be live on Facebook, on Periscope. The podcast of this episode will be available on iTunes later. But predominantly, we're going to be talking to you here on YouTube youtube.com forward slash we are change where of course we prioritize your super chats since hey we're not corporate shills <laughs> there's no venture capital funding here there's no big sugar daddy money here and we are upholding to you the viewer and unlike the other mainstream media sorry some people call them horse stream media some people call them prostitutes the fake pretty much what they all are they're not journalists jason what they are is pretty much just PR for the establishment and special interests. They're not journalists. Those people are getting a very big reality check. And that is because they don't work for you. They work for an immoral business that is finally seeing the true day of light and the reality that it needed to see. And that is its end. Uh, so oh, people are saying the audio is fine. Jason, there's so much to get into this week. Venezuela, Roger Stone, media collapse. Uh, we're going to get into all of it, but which story has captivated you the most this week, Jason? And how's your week going? Oh, do you want me to start it off? Do you really want me to, you know how upset I am, Luke. I mean, I was, I thought you were going to do your monologue first, but I got to tell you, I am, I'm fired up. I'm wondering where the media is on this story, Luke. It's really weird. We got a really uh, big the, story. The media has disappointed you, Jason? The oh, mainstream media is not doing their job? Huh? You know I what? I've never heard of that before. <laughs> uh, sounds, sounds like news to me. This this one's especially got me in a bit of um, an upset fervor and rage, Luke, because I believe, honestly, if this was anybody else, and we're, we're not going to name any names here, everything is going to be... Wait, but you want to get into... Uh, are we going to take a phone call first, or just... Uh, I, I'm not know? even going to say it. Yeah, I'm just going to say, listen, okay. gear up, folks. Cause I'm going. This is it. I, you know, I, I haven't really partied on this show before. I, I've, I've had my rants. I know I get fired up. Sometimes I sound like an idiot. I promise you, you have not seen anything yet. I am so fired up about this, and it, it really speaks to so many different things. It speaks to power, money, corruption, cover up, the fake news media, fake toxic masculinity. How we bask in it sometimes, but sometimes it's okay when it's really going on. But then we, we want a virtue signal and be, I, I'm not going to do the soy boy thing, but there is so many, I, I was, I put out a video on the backup channel. People can go check it out if they want to know what maybe we're talking about here. And people are saying I'm virtual signaling. There's talk of gold dick. There's all, there's all sorts of talk. Luke, I'm fired up, bro. Well, Let's if, take these down. Let's take these media maggots down, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the story that you're talking about, if it turns out to be true, it's going to be a major, major blockbuster story that's going to have a huge, huge impact. Uh, and again, I know, we, you know, we've been talking about it and we're like, 
not a lot of media, uh, you know, uh, is talking about this uh, because of the libel aspect, too, because of the possibility of being sued. And I'm also being like, OK, let's be very careful how we report on this so we don't get sued and destroyed by these different individuals. Uh, because, again, the organizations that they do represent, uh, they do uh, a lot of litigious work. I think that's a fair way. <laughs> They're of very powerful. It. Yeah, so so we're just going to be a little bit careful. I mean, we, we 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 deal with powerful people before, but a lot of times, you know, people like say Jeffrey Epstein, uh, he has gotten his butt kicked because he has decided to attack people uh, for supposedly lib- libeling him or slandering him. And we even saw in a court of law a couple weeks ago where he had to make a public apology and withdraw because during the discovery phase during this kind of lawsuit. Uh, a lot of people were coming forward with more information that he had to put to an end to a lawsuit that he started. Now, of course, other organizations are still the whole libel issue is, is a big, big issue. It's a big thing to get into because uh, the way the law works, it's it's sometimes not in the favor. OK, let's just, let's just be real here. It's not in the favor of truth. It's in the favor of, of who could have the most uh, money and who could hire the best lawyer. That's really how a lot of the legal system works, especially with a lot of these bigger cases. That's why as a small news organization, we're going to be careful, but we're still going to, you know, talk about as honestly, uh, about these issues that we can, which is the most important aspect of it. Because again, we, we can't back down like the rest of the media, but we have to play it, uh, intelligently smart and still keep pushing it forward, which is very, very important. But other than that, than that specific issue, it's been, it's been a big, big, big news week. I remember Friday, usually it's the day where people just like let loose. All this news starts coming in from all over the place. Uh, and it's, it's, it's crazy what's happening. And it definitely feels like things are escalating. Things are quickening. And uh, holy cow, there's a lot to get into. I'm going to do a monologue specifically about big tech and uh, fake news and the Russia phobia and Russia gate and all that. Jason, you're going to do the story that you just kind of um, a little bit introduced. But before we all do that, uh, let's mem- let's welcome some of our new members from Super Chats and put out a phone call so we could get a random phone call about a random issue that we could address during the beginning of this broadcast. Uh, Jason, do you want to take it away? Yeah, that's right. It is 607-542-9184. That's 607-542-9184. Line is open right now. We will take the first phone call and uh, guys, what, what's on your mind? I mean, is it Venezuela? Is it the Roger Stone indictment? Is the large, larger Mueller probe? Is the media falling apart? Is the media being live on the scene for the first time as an old man is indicted as his wife and dog look on terrified? Like, I mean, yeah, CNN hides in the bushes. I, hey, they brought us the first Gulf War live, and now they've brought us the Roger Stone arrest live. <laughs> It's a, they are they are the, the number one name in news. I mean, come on. I found it, I found it hilarious with, with them saying, no, we got the we, we found out because of this, because of hard work and everyone looking at them side eyed like there's no way, no way that that could be possibly true. And as I documented, even on my Twitter, a lot of their producers, a lot of their you know con- staff is also connected, has even previously worked with Robert Mueller, a part of the FBI before. Uh, there's staff members on CNN who have very close connections to, of course, the government. Let's take this phone call before we get into yep. all of that. Yeah, you know, the funniest thing about that that Stone thing, they said it was instinct, Luke. They they actually, their yeah. quote was instinct. So the instinct and hard work. <laughs> but, but, but. 
Yeah. Oh, I know. You are live with Jason and Luke on the We Are Change Sunday live stream. What's your name? What would you like to talk about? Uh, hey, guys. It's Justin Morrison again. Uh, I was wanting to talk about the Yellow Vest protest. I see Luke's been uh, going there quite a bit, and I was just trying to get a better understanding of what's going on. So, Luke, did you hear that one? No, no. Oh, I man, of course no not. I, I, damn. Uh, I appreciate the phone call. Basically, Luke, he said... Uh, what's your take on the yellow vest protest, especially since you've been there now twice, uh, the last time getting uh, hosed down uh, quite tremendously after really uh, getting shaken up by just what ended up apparently just being this random gas explosion uh, on the morning of. It's been pretty wild there, but it's not dying down, is it? No, no. I mean, everyone expected it to die. The media is saying it's dying, that it's over, that it doesn't matter. Uh, there's two sides of the story, just like any story. Uh, we even saw pro-Macron, pro-government, pro-establishment protests today. And their symbol is, uh, what, what was it? It was a red uh, scarf. So uh, there's, there's a few people that came out in support of Emmanuel Macron today. I'm still looking into the exact numbers, but it definitely didn't look as um, impressive and as big as the Yellow Vest movement that just ended its 11th week of protests that was pretty violent. Uh, as, as once again, Macron has ordered a lot of insane security measures and has increased security, has increased the pay of police officers, has given them everything they wanted, and pretty much given them carte blanche to be as violent as they can. And from me being down there from my own personal experiences, it has predominantly been the police officers and the security forces that have been initiating a lot of the violence. That violence didn't go away the 11th week, didn't go away a couple moments ago. And it's actually uh, just the same as it was before with just people getting tear gassed left and right, people having to evacuate restaurants uh, because of the incoming tear gas. There was even one of the vocal leaders of the Yellow Vest movement who was uh, affected by the less lethal munitions. And many people expect him to now lose an eyeball after video footage came out of, of course, police officers shooting these less lethal weapons, uh, these flashbangs, these grenades, these uh, rubber bullets, and affecting, effectively hitting this guy directly in the eyeball, causing blood to come out. And again, more dramatic footage of people just being wheeled out in a stretcher. Uh, but this movement has gone through a lot of different turbulent things. It has almost virtually everything against it. It has the media against it. It has the bankers against it. It has the government against it. It has the police against it. There is a small uh, minority of people who vocally are against them as well. And those numbers have been shifting. But if you look at the polls, the majority of people are in favor of the Yellow Vest movement. And in some ways, they have been already uh, successful with Macron, of course, backing down on some of the demands and uh, just pretty much trying to appease the people with small uh, gestures that uh, are, are still important because it was right after Macron said that he wouldn't make any concessions. So the government has already made some small concessions. Already the Yellow Vest movement has impacted a lot of uh, the police uh, and uh, scanners and cameras 
that are there for traffic car purposes, which are really just another way for them to generate revenue. A lot of those have been rendered ineffective with the Yellow Vest movement destroying them all over France. I believe the, I think it's over 60 percent, if I may stand corrected, of uh, speed cameras that have been destroyed in France. A lot of the toll roads have been just completely taken over and made free by the people. And this is something that, again, will keep drudging on, will keep happening and will only, 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 of course, escalate uh, in my own personal opinion, in my own personal prediction sometime in the spring. So this is a movement that I'm going to be keeping my eye out. It's still cold, still freezing. The police water cannon is extremely effective. Uh, you're out there, you get hit with that water cannon, just like I did, you're out. You're, you're going to be running back home to change or just looking anywhere to go inside for warmth while the entire, almost the entire city of Paris is almost completely shut down as this violence and tear gas just engulfs it. And guess what? That's not going to go away, go, going to go away anytime soon. And it's only going to get bigger from here. A lot of people expected a lot of clashes between the um, red, um, what are they, what are they called again? What there's a special special name that they call they called them the the red uh, not aprons. Um, I'm, I'm getting lost the words. Uh, not the words red here. coats. <laughs> not the, <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? it's, um, it's almost as if they're red coats. Uh, what did they have? Like uh, totally lost for words here. Uh, a yellow piece of clothing that represents them, their movement. A lot of people expected some clashes to happen. I haven't seen a lot of clashes between the yellow vests uh, and the, the red clothed uh, <laughs> Frenchies who support Macron. Uh, and luckily, violence has subsided. And uh, from what I'm seeing, the demonstration so far has been calm and peaceful. But again, um, it, it's probably just going to, you know, wither down just a little bit, but completely pick up um, during the spring, which is really, really going to be interesting uh, to see, uh, especially when, uh, you know, a lot of those water cannons will be ineffective. And uh, most of the people who already have enough will just be completely galvanized uh, against Macron, the French establishment and uh, the Rothschild banker um, that he is with the, uh, draconian policies that he supports. I'm going to look up red right scarves, Luke. Red scarves, and we thank our Guile, one of our Arf. great members, who also is just uh, always over at the show. Uh, we got some other uh, super chats, but thank you, Red Scarves. Apparently, yeah, 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 yeah. The Red Scarf movement, uh, like the red coats, uh, symbolically <laughs> showing their support for Emmanuel Macron. And again, uh, there are some people who support Macron, and it's and it's important to also. Highlight that as well. I was I was having I was going to be tweeting about it, but I was doing a lot of research for the video that we're doing now, uh, which is going to be very important. But uh, let's thank some of our new members. Go over the super chats, and then I'm going to jump into the main monologue that I want to do. You got it. So we got Jordy P F A F F uh, as a new member. We got Derek Husky. That's a great name, Derek. I love that. Uh, we and got they're all new members, and they actually get new content that you actually shot this week for that, the members as well. That is true. You get like almost a 20-minute tutorial where I uh, I take you through the C-SPAN archives, a little uh, Google action, show you how you can kind of narrow your search through archives, and then not only the C-SPAN archives, but I take you over to the uh, Vanderbilt, uh, Vanderbilt Television archives. So if you are interested in deep research, uh, documentary projects, short videos like this one... Uh, the C-SPAN tools and just the overall tools I show you how to rip videos from the web so you can have are really useful. But if you're going deep dive, 
I'll tell you what, baby, every one of my documentaries has used that Vanderbilt archive. It goes 60 plus years back, all major television networks. If you can dig it up, you can get it. So is uh, that the CNN Anderson Cooper archive? No. <laughs> you know, as a kid, uh, we went to the uh, Vanderbilt mansion. That was one of the uh, one of the trips we took, probably in high school. The one that Anderson C- Cooper grew up in. <laughs> I don't know that he grew up on the the river, but it was a stunning mansion, and you could really see this kind of wealth. Again, it was like one of those school tours. Um, you know, hey, double edged sword. You know, it's not like everything that the Rockefellers have done is totally evil. It's not like everything that the Vanderbilts have done is totally evil. Uh, But at the same time, some of the things that these people have done are absolutely deplorable, Luke. Let's, uh, you want to... Well, people forget that Anderson Cooper is a Vanderbilt. A lot of people don't know this and has a very creepy relationship with uh, the Vanderbilt mother that adopted him. Um, (laughs) Just, just, you know, just another little tidbit fact here. Fact here. He interviewed Roger Stone. You know, he he was was sitting there uh, doing the old... I mean, Roger Stone's kind of like basking in this, right? I mean, he's almost enjoying the fact that he got indicted. We'll get to all that later, but... I saw one news anchor say that this was his worst day ever and his best day ever (laughs) because of of the media, of course, of the attention that he has successfully trolled. And and, and, and again, guys, he's not innocent, uh, but he does immoral things. And one of the things is trying to be infamous by any means necessary... And he's becoming infamous because of this stupid witch hunt that is absolutely not for Russian collusion. Sorry, again, I could just go off on this all the time. No, they even brought one of my favorite comedians, uh, Steve Martin, into SNL last night. I didn't see it, but it was in one of the headlines of the Daily Mail as I was scrolling through. And he was playing Roger Stone. He looked a lot like him, by the way. He had the little creep guy glasses on. Um, But, man, this is just, it's a circus. We were living in literal Bread and circus political times, Luke. Forget about the arena. Forget about, you know, the gladiators lopping each other heads off. Now it's like the battles of people like Roger Stone, not a great person, kind of entertaining at times, and people like Rod, Robert Mueller, who are just like straight pig demon. Uh, and the turd sandwich. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, let's just finish off with the super chats. I'm going to get into the monologue, which is going to have the latest information about Roger Stone as well. You got it. Avatars, thank you so much. Always a part of the show. $5 super chat. Happy Sunday, guys, with many media's company downsizing now. How do you think the Empire will strike back? Covington killed the prostitutes. Well, we spent a lot of time on Covington, and Luke is going to tell you all about those media downsizings. And if you don't like what he has to say tonight, you actually put out a video, what, yesterday afternoon? All about that media downsizing? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. About how they're just going down and how the empire is striking back with more tech collusion and censorship of, of course, independent media that can't be consolidated like the mainstream media is. Uh, So I'm going to get into that as well, because, again, uh, the empire does strike back, which is a great point that Abitas made here. And just because a lot of the fake news, a lot of the hyperbolic, a lot of the cancerous Bigger voices in our establishment are finally facing their reality, their finally end. Uh, We have to understand that the system always finds another way to hit back at the people who, uh, you know, threaten them. And that, of course, is independent media, which is what I'm going to get into uh, later on today. And I actually talked about it a little bit uh, yesterday. 
Yeah, absolutely. And if you haven't checked that out, guys, that is a really good breakdown of what is currently going on. So Marco P, Marco P, we got a 999 super chat. We appreciate that, Marco P, Marco P. Uh, Nikki Nadenoff, uh, 269 in the poundage. The yellow vests are only the beginning. I hope you're right, Nikki. I hope that this is really sparking not only a yellow vest movement, because we have seen it expand outside of, obviously, France into Europe and even beyond. We saw even in Israel, uh, yellow vest, Luke. So we'll see. I, I think more and more people are waking up. John Doe, 499 Super Chat. I like the Deadpool uh, avatar there, my friend. And Rad Disciple, or Rad Disciple, I always forget, is a $2 Super Chat. Mark Anabaptist locked out of WRCU too many invalid. I don't know what that means. Uh, okay, I will mark. Uh, <laughs> I will take a look at that username. I think you're talking about Change Media University. Yes, there we go. And we have a security protocol to make sure we don't get hacked. Uh, that uh, turns a lot of accounts invalid if they make too many attempts that are incorrect with their passwords and usernames. Then I have to manually go in, go in there, and uh, fix it. My friend uh, Dave uh, Cahill helps me out sometimes too. He's a great guy who built our website. Uh, but Mark. And a Baptist, I'm going to look at that username and uh, get on it uh, after this live stream and make sure you could get back into uh, We Are Change University, Change Media University, which is our online course, which goes through online journalism. Uh, I'm going to do another video about just an update to being your own media um, next week or even when I'm in uh, Acapulco for Anarchapulco, where I'm going to be doing another uh, boot camp and one-on-one -on -one training down there uh, for that event as well. But uh, all right, uh, if it's okay with you, Jason, I'm just going to go into the monologue here. Yep, let's do it. Uh, and to me, uh, one, one of the biggest things that I wanted to talk about, especially with everything that happened just this week, is why does big tech support fake news? And I want to make a bigger argument here with, of course, covering some of the latest news, because I believe it is undeniable to see the bigger effects that fake news by the mainstream media is having on us. I think it's fair to say that the supposed libtards and conservatives are at each other more than ever because of activism, journalism. And it feels more and more like our society is just diving into idiocracy because of people not caring about the facts the issues or even morals about exactly what is happening to us and reporting on it fairly. That is becoming more rarer by the day, but the hypocrisy that is exhumed, that is shown by these people is also becoming more clearer by the day, as we saw today with Farid Zakari, who actually did a live hit from Paris, France, specifically talking about how the government of Venezuela needed to be overthrown because of protests with not one mention of the larger yellow vest movement that is happening down there that is showing, as you've seen from my work on the ground there and other people's work, shocking police brutality on the hands of Emmanuel Macron, the Rothschild banker. squash dissent in that country. Uh, where even we saw one of the leaders of the Yellow Vest movement having a horrific injury during yesterday's protest where some people say he may now lose an eye. Many people have been maimed. Many people have been tear gassed indiscriminately 
because of their opposition to a leader. And then we have literally a CNN anchor, Fareed Zakari, standing on the scene where the violence has been happening for over 11 weeks. And he's telling us that we need to overthrow the Venezuelan government because of protest in that country. And of course, the establishment and the war hawks and neocons and even... A big part of Trump's administration is just going along with that hypocrisy. They're not talking about Saudi Arabia. They're not talking about what's happening in Paris. But when it comes to Venezuela, yeah, let's 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 actually talk about that as we're seeing an intensified push by the Trump administration to oust Nicolas Maduro, the president of Venezuela, with Donald Trump even saying just Recently, that all options are on the table. And as we know, Donald Trump has even said military options are possible here when it comes to U.S. intervention in Venezuela. And again, if you've been watching any of my work, I am definitely not a fan of Maduro. I am definitely not a fan of the Venezuelan government as I went to Venezuela and documented the horrors that are caused by government there. The horrors of just huge, no gun signs, no smoking areas, huge permits everywhere in a country that has been destroyed by not only just sanctions, but horrible, horrible decisions by the government that prioritized gun-free zones and no smoking areas over, of course, it becoming the number one murder capital in the world which is absolutely insane, especially with the private security guards that they disarmed. They ultimately disarmed the people and became the murder capital of the world. And of course, not a fan of Maduro, but I'm also not a fan of U.S. interventions because look at any country that has gone through intervention. They didn't come off uh, well off from it, um, especially with all the right wing and also dictators that the United States historically has established throughout Latin America, uh, which have turned out to not really help the country and created a lot of the issues that are leading to the immigration debate in the United States. Another important factor. But of course, Maduro is answering back by going to, of course, his allies, his main allies, or of course, Cuba, Bolivia, China, Russia, with Russia even sending their own security contractors to Venezuela in order to guard Nicolas Maduro to make sure that there is not some kind of coup d'etat revolution that will overthrow him. The Bank of England is also refusing to release Venezuela's gold, uh, which some people estimate is close to $1.2 billion. And there's a lot of crap that, of course, we are not hearing by uh, the mainstream media about this very, very important issue. And again, uh, on one hand, we have the mainstream media establishment telling you that Donald Trump is colluding with the Russians, that there's some clear collusion. Meanwhile, Donald Trump, Trump uh, and the United States geopolitically have been bunting heads with Russia. And Donald Trump has even gone as far as to even provide lethal weapons to Ukraine right Next to Russia, located in that key geo geopolitical position, something that, of course, Barack Obama never even dared to do. Donald Trump has many times, time and time again, pushed and overstepped his boundaries and become more war hawkish, especially against Russia, than a lot of his predecessors and has been more aggressive. But yet again, 
we're still hearing that this story is all about Russian collusion, which, again, just pinpoints more of the hypocrisy. And now, honestly, the term Russian collusion, it's pretty much like the new political 9-11. They use it for everything right now. Just like we saw Giuliani say 9-11 when it came to the debate on war, on torture, on spying, on destroying freedom here in the United States. Giuliani and other Warhawks just said 9-11. We're seeing the same excuses now being used for Russian collusion, which, of course, just like all the other hypocritical eyes, are flat out wrong. And the United States and Russia are at odds with each other geopolitically and will continue to be at odds with each other. And that odd is increasing because of Donald Trump, not only with what's happening in Venezuela, in Ukraine, but also other key geopolitical points like Syria that a lot of people don't like to talk about. Now, of course, this leads me to talk about the next big thing about this whole Russian collusion story that proves that it's absolutely hooey and full of crap. And that is, of course, the recent indictment and arrest of Roger Stone that is proving that this entire case is just an entire circus. And even though Roger Stone, who is a political hack who just loves attention, said on national television that he will not cooperate with the Mueller investigation, which is supposed to look into this Russian collusion, He's now actually saying that he may actually cooperate. We're also seeing Jerome Corsi, who also was indicted for making false statements. Again, no conspiracy, no Russian collusion, no proof of any backdoor. Jerome Corsi also charged under this thing, saying that he would be happy to testify against Roger Stone. And the crimes that they're going to find against Roger Stone has nothing to do with Russia, as we, as an independent news organization that has been paying attention to him, have been calling him out for exaggerating the claims that he had and the connections that he supposedly had with WikiLeaks. And guess what? This indictment does not prove or establish any privileged access to WikiLeaks or coordination with WikiLeaks and does, again, doesn't prove any direct collusion. But again, that doesn't matter because people who follow the mainstream media, people who are zombified, We'll still believe it in some way, but we've been calling it out here for a while because Roger Stone has been making very exaggerated claims time and time again about this very specific issue that we've been calling him out again. And you know, we're in trouble where a well-known lobbyist who pretty much deceives people in the name of money and power, a major political hack who just tries to be infamous you know we're in trouble when this guy is more trustworthy than the supposed most trusted name in news, CNN, that is ultimately pushing this bigger lie. And again, Roger Stone indictment does not prove Russian collusion at all. It's a political wish hunt. It's, again, Russiagate, this whole Russian collusion term used as a political weapon. And if you just don't even believe it now, if you don't even believe now, look what is happening to people like Bernie Sanders, where we're having mainstream media journalists, a journalist from Wired and also a writer for the Los Angeles Times came out and said that Bernie Sanders is supposedly a Russian agent. Uh, we're seeing other mainstream media pundits talking about how they should have never even covered the DNC email leak. We saw CNN tell its viewers it's illegal to read WikiLeaks documents. We see these lies time and time again for their favorite establishment puppets that go along with their collectivist programming and bigger special interests that they serve. And the queen of all of this 
is, of course, Hillary Clinton, which even the Daily News is reporting now may actually run for president again in 2020. We saw Bernie Sanders in the news just yesterday because it came out that he most likely will, will run to be president. And now it looks like Hillary Clinton will as well to the chagrin and happiness of a lot of these establishment journalists who, of course, want to keep pushing these bigger lies onto you. And that's why when Donald Trump says, quote, Axe falls quick, uh, quickly at BuzzFeed and Huffington Post, headline New York Post, fake news and the bad journalism have caused a big downturn. Sadly, many others will follow. The people want the truth. When Donald Trump says this, he again shows you a bigger political rift that is happening, not amongst the people and the establishment, but a part of the establishment against the other part of the establishment. And when he mentions this, he is correct, even though a lot of people are responding, saying, oh, how dare he say this? How will other journalists be able to pay for their rent and their families and their student loans? It's horrible that over a thousand people lost their jobs. And honestly, with the recent layoffs that have been happening in media, there's a term here that is pretty important here that's live by the sword, die by the sword. And when we look at the establishment media, with them demanding respect now, when they haven't give us, given us any, they haven't given the people any amounts of respect at all, you have to wonder, what the hell are they thinking? Now, of course, I am generalizing here, and there might have been some individuals that actually did a good job and were honest human beings and were reporting on things honestly. But by and large, I think the general public agrees that the journalists, especially the ones being fired now, were absolutely filled with crap. And they deserve no sympathy because they've shown no sympathy or respect towards the people that they have been attacking with fake news, with, of course, their larger attacks on behalf of special interests against people, dividing and conquering them, making everyone fight against each other. And you have to understand, with the bigger story that needs to be uh, talked about here is that a lot of these journalists, they were pretty much paid way too much for very little work that they were doing. Now, of course, some journalists were working very hard, but a lot of them were sitting around and getting paid way too much. And I think a lot of people, if you would see the, the life of an average kind of mainstream media journalist, would be confused about why they were getting paid in the first place, especially with the garbage that they were putting out there. Many of them have a lot of substance abuse problems. A lot of them, uh, pundits that I personally met and hung out with, are either raging alcoholics or just serious drug addicts, mostly predominantly popping pharma pills uh, to quiet themselves down to the reality that they work for corporate special interests and not for the people, and they have to charade and pretend like they actually are. Now, they obviously are a bigger gang and an institution within themselves that refuse to hold each other accountable because, again, Power takes care of power. Conglomerates and consolidation of power make sure that it is safe amongst itself. And that's why we're seeing so many interests taking care of each other. That's why I wanted to bring up this kind of NBC story, which is titled 4chan trolls flood laid off HuffPo BuzzFeed reporters with, quote, death threats. Now, this is a very interesting article because it's a reporter who's impacted by this story, Ben Collins, who is complaining and trying to get big tech to take action 
because of the public's reaction to them not doing a good job. And obviously, uh, sending out death threats can't be condoned here. This shouldn't happen. It, it sadly does happen. I receive them. I know, Jason, you probably do. Anyone online pretty much receives death threats. It shouldn't be condoned. But a lot of people have legitimate grievances against the mainstream media. And it's always the mainstream media journalists running to the big tech companies, asking them to be the decider of what is truthful and to do their bidding. And of course, they will keep doing that. And what this NBC author did author did is completely wrong. And that's why it's interesting to see even Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez tweet something that is truthful about this situation, which is absolutely mind-boggling, where I'm explaining a situation where I could say Donald Trump and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez are both truthful here. And she says, quote, going to keep it 100, the biggest threats to journalism right now are tech monopolies and concentrations of ownership. And she is completely right about that, which is absolutely shocking because if you look at the bigger issues here, why does big tech support fake news? Well, it supports them because a lot of the big media industries are consolidated. There's pretty much five conglomerates that have a control on the majority of mass media. When you look at the tech industry, it is mostly consolidated. But of course, there's overlapping people who sit on boards who have control of both industries. And this is where we see a lot of collusion, but also big tech and mainstream media ultimately serving special interests, which are usually big money or big government. And that's why they need to be supportive of each other because if big tech and big media didn't collude together, they would be threatened by, of course, their biggest adversary, which is truth. This is why tech companies like Google and Facebook collude with the mainstream media because they understand they need the public's attention. They need to work together. It's an important power dynamic that needs to be understood here because if people understood how horrible Facebook and Google and all these other big industries are, they would stop using them. They would ultimately say, I'm not going to be a part of this big tech industry that is taking advantage of me, that is lying to me, that is selling my private information, that is using my own weaknesses against me, that is using psychological tricks, that is using gambling techniques in order to get me addicted, that physically make you sick, that make you depressed, that show to have horrible negative consequences on your life. The tech industry needs the fake news. The fake news needs the tech industry. And that's why we're seeing YouTube just recently announced that they're going to be censoring any form of conspiracies on their platform. And of course, guess what? This is not a new announcement by YouTube. They've been doing it and they've been doing it to this channel and they've been doing it to other independent media because guess what? We're not consolidated and we're a bigger threat to all of these bigger conglomerates. And that's why they are terrified. And that's why we're seeing a big blowback with not only YouTube, but with Twitter, with Facebook, still understanding that the fake mainstream media still holds a lot of influence and that they need to coexist coexist with each other because if they don't, they both will fall because of that one big determining factor, which of course is the truth here. So spread this video. Don't fall for this Russian collusion. Don't fall for this fake narrative of 
the fake news. What reality really is happening here is two big industries that are denying facing the reality and the consequences of the horrible actions that they committed against us. And it's only a matter of time until all of those cards fall. We're seeing it fall a little bit this week, but guess what? It's only going to get worse with that and also expect more censorship of alternative voices who are bringing you these bigger truths. That's why you guys need to sign up on our email list on wearechange.org more than ever, because again, like I've been saying, our time on this platform is very limited. That's my own personal take on it. If you disagree with me, let me know why in the comment section below. But Jason, what do you think? That was a, that was a longer argument than I wanted to make, but uh, I, hope, I hope I made it clear enough for people to understand. I think that I like it very much when Ocasio talks like that. Give it to me like that, Ocasio. Yeah. I mean, she you said some. Ocasio. Oh, I like her a lot. I do. I think I could turn her to the. See, she means well. I, she's 100% right on that. You know, not everybody, you know, not everybody's a socialist monster. I feel like she's got some good points. It's terrible that she said that the world was going to end in 12 years if we didn't tackle climate change. That's a horrific statement, but. <laughs> She, I mean, she has a mental disorder that a lot of people have, and that is believing in government and authority. And she's a big believer of government, and she wants more government, um, even though she's critical of government. Keep uh, talking to me about that independent media, Ocasio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's all I got to say. I mean, she, she did- could be right some, uh, you know, <laughs> twice a day, Jason. Um, I will say this, you know. The whole YouTube thing, the, the fact that, here's the thing, Luke, you and I start talking about quote-unquote 9-11 truth all the way, I think we met in 2005. We'd probably been discussing it since 2004. Um, you were a part of New York 9-11 truth. That was a group. That's because truther wasn't a term. None of that existed. Now, as the 9-11 truth movement gained steam into 2006, especially right on the way to the fifth anniversary, that's when all of a sudden truther became some kind of a derogatory term. And they tried to make it sound like, well, if you were looking for the truth about 9-11, you were just some kind of... It was the same thing with like Paul Tard in 2007, 2008. They made all these things, but now... Truther does not mean... Liptard, conservative. Yeah, they they all... A lot of rich language here. And at the same time, guys, I don't know if you guys realize this, but Luke was doing such big work. I I am still under the true belief that the, the Obama campaign took We Are Change and saw this big changing movement of people rising and, and played on that with change and hope, 100%. I mean, the underground was rattling with this kind of stuff. Celebrities were talking to you. It was not... It was not taboo. It's still not taboo to talk about it now. But now they've equated that with flat earth, with ghosts, with miracle cures, things that we've never promoted. I mean, things that, you know, are quite offensive to me. And we had already gone through uh, the page, but we still found, I think, about a dozen other videos that needed to get captioned out with all those things. Um, but it was it was no small task going through all that stuff either because... Uh, just listen, if I'm not allowed to say 9-11, people have to realize that the media repeated that term on replay from the, the second it happened for a decade plus every single day on every single news program. It was beat into our heads. And that you can't talk about that openly, that's, that's, a, that's huge. And you know they're going to do it with JFK. You know they're going to do it with um, 
anything questioning big pharma. The list will go on. It'll be anything anti-establishment. Yeah, and, and you know they're probably going to do it with Russian collusion too, Jason. <laughs> yeah, Russian collusion, never been proven. Imagination land, literally Robert Mueller riding a Peter Strzok unicorn across a Lisa Page rainbow of deceit and lies. And that doesn't mean that these people are good people, Luke. It just means they have no evidence because it didn't happen. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at uh, a lot of the comments here in the Super Chat. I know you got to get into your monologue. Do you want to get into that really quickly, Jason? You want to do the Super Chat thing first, or, or do you want to get you want to get yeah, Grizzly? Yeah, yeah, get the, yeah, let's get to the Super Chats. Yeah, let's do those quick. Uh, because Justin Morrison, uh, quite some time ago, I hope you're still listening, Justin, uh, but we do appreciate that $20 Super Chat. That is huge for us. Uh, Rad Disciple, um, Anti-J Spams, uh, S on of Satan, not do da, but da. Okay, do you believe uh, that we went um, that we went through the looking glass, or we opened our eyes to the way things really are? Sadly, worst is yet to come. I'll say this: there's always going to be questions, obviously, right? We're not going to have all the answers to everything, so. I don't know if we're through the looking glass. I don't know if we're down the rabbit hole. I know that there's a lot of lies and deceit and media mental manipulation out there, my friend. You want to tackle that for a second, Jaegerbaum? For the Jaegerbaum? <laughs> we'll see what happens, but uh, I think um, there's going to be a correction. And with any correction, economically, socially, morally, uh, there's going to be you know a little bit of discomfort. But ultimately, I think we're heading down the right way. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be something that's going to happen with the snap of a finger. But I think it's very indicative with all these layoffs that are happening here, what's coming ahead. And it's only going to get more interesting here. The mainstream media is going to team up. We're still in the middle of a fight. But if there wasn't a fight to fight, things would be boring. So make the most out of it and keep pushing forward. And uh, we're living in very interesting times, times where we have the biggest chance to correct things to make them better and uh worldwide you look at the statistics things are becoming better and i think they're only going to become uh a lot better from here and it's up to us to keep fighting for that and not to let the future generations down and we've got Stephen Best, uh, $2 Super Chat. You are the only news show worth watching. Well, that's awfully nice of you to say, my friend. I really do appreciate that. Uh, there are some other worthy shows out there. Um, well, this is an interesting Super Chat uh, by JP4. Oh, boy, you do. You tonight. Do you believe we went to the moon? Um, I don't know. I think, think there's. I haven't researched it or looked into it, but I think it's oddly uh, suspicious that we haven't gotten back to the moon and there hasn't been a person on the moon since the first time we supposedly got on the moon or if we didn't get on the moon i haven't researched it uh but i do find that one aspect of it very suspicious jason i go on forever i've thoroughly researched this i do a full two hour q a um on this and i don't i don't really want to get into it but i do not doubt that we've not only been to the moon but further than the moon um, through propulsion systems that are not rockets. I highly doubt um, that the footage we saw from the Apollo missions is genuine. However, I remember all the way back in 1999, a lot of people are not aware of this uh, mockumentary, but it was called A Dark, uh, a dark Side of the Moon. Uh, go check it out. BBC, something like that. It had Henry Kissinger in it as himself. It had um, Donald Rumsfeld in it as himself. And the mockumentary was about 60 minutes long, and it also had Stanley Kubrick's wife, who was alive at the time. And it was all about how Kubrick had faked the moon landing for them. And you're watching this thing, 
And this is, again, back in 1999 or 2000. It was pre-9-11. I can tell you that. I can promise you that. You can find it online. And people like Donald Rumsfeld are like, well, we could get there, but we needed to be able to fake the video footage because the Kodak film wouldn't wouldn't last on the moon. And you're like, I can't believe these people are saying this. And then Kissinger would come in, and they were talking about the Nixon administration. And then finally, uh, during like the last five, ten minutes, they show you, and then this NASA photo clearly shows, and it's a picture of Stanley Kubrick's license on the surface of the moon. And I'm like, no way. What the hell is going on here? This is ridiculous. And then all of a sudden, they play a laugh track where you can see everybody's reading a script. You know, fast forward to 2019 now, and there was actually an Academy Award-nominated documentary called Room 237 that entertains that actual theory that I had kind of dismissed because of this mockumentary. So there's like a plethora of stuff to talk about with NASA, the moon, the Nazis, Werner von Braun. I, I am absolutely fascinated by all of it. I think people take it too far, way too far, although some things have been faked. The idea that, the, for instance, space isn't real and the International Space Station is all fake and everything is a green screen and there are no astronauts. That's not where we're at, bro. So, I mean, I don't want to go on too long, but go ahead, Luke. Well, you got another super chat by GP4, uh, you to NASA, NSA, uh, NASA said it lost all the videos. Yep. Uh, and the telemetry you data. know more about that. But there's another very interesting uh, conspiracy theory uh, that's going to be a part of the next super chat that I'm looking into right now. <laughs> oh, I know all about it. You want to hear about I'm it? I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. I'll tell you. What well, up, guys? Well, Enough well, respect. Let's to the super chat. This is one by Kyle DaCosta. Yeah. And he says, what's up, respect? Just for fun, can you talk? During Trump's marvelous underground journey conspiracy. I looked this up. I literally just Googled it. Of course, the freaking first thing that comes up is Snopes, which, again, extremely biased, not uh, not a decider of what is true or not. It, it's extremely oh. political. The claim is mostly true about an author who wrote the books, Baron Trump's marvelous underground journey and 1990 or the last president in the 1980s uh have you looked into this jason oh yeah oh yeah this was this was like during the q phase and there was a the, at one point uh q was a time traveler who was baron trump and basically uh i i think it's donald it's either like donald trump's father was a time traveler and sent him back and like knew of his grandson like it's this wacky time traveling Based on a book, nonsense conspiracy theory that might have a little synchronicity built into it, you know, into our fabric, into the multiverse, Luke. There, there might be something there, but the idea that somehow Baron Trump is, and our president, of course, and his father are time travelers here to save the world. Um, I'm sorry, I'm not riding that rodeo, bro. What if it's true? Hey, if it's true, you gotta, you gotta prove it. <laughs> I don't believe in fairy tales and unicorns, my friend. I don't believe in leprechauns, uh, but we might be talking about one soon. I don't know if that one is a good segue there, but uh, we're get, we're about to get into something it is pretty leprechaun, leprechaun related, which is safe to say. But again, <laughs> just be careful. But yeah, let's get into your next story, Jason. All right, guys. Now, I just wanna I wanna put this out here really fast. What I'm about to do is take you on a journey. And you're going to have to decide for yourself who this notorious, world-famous sports star is and why in the world 
We don't know about it. Why in the world is Jason Burmes telling you about this? And I believe this is a story of cover-up, corruption, and, and brutality. Okay? So let's step into this world. This is The Guardian on December 11th. Irish police investigate rape claim against sports star in Dublin. Irish police are investigating claim that a prominent sports star raped a young woman in a hotel in Dublin, Dublin city center. Detectives uh, from Pier Street uh, Gardy, I'm hoping I'm, I'm pronouncing that right, that's the police in Ireland, are investigating the alleged assault, which is said to have happened between midnight and 2 a.m. on Monday. Okay? So that's December 10th, but really the night of December 9th is when all of this started. Well, I want to reiterate that. Okay? This is more than two weeks before Christmas, guys. We're here. It's almost February 1st. Nobody seems to know about this. And we're going to get pretty damn specific according to these articles. Okay? So let's just move on. Because Irish media reported that the alleged victim had been socializing in the city. We're going to get deeper. Woman allegedly, I don't even want to say the word, by Irish sports star was choked during ordeal. Okay? The alleged victim is believed to have put up fierce resistance and bit the man. This is the Irish Mirror, by the way, who I believe, after reading several of their articles, and I'm going to show you several of their articles, are saying as much as they possibly can. The woman who alleges she was assaulted by a major Irish sports star was choked during the ordeal, uh, police believe. Sources have told the Irish Daily Star that there were uh, clear marks of choking around the woman's neck shortly after the incident on Monday morning. The alleged attacker is also thought to have left behind key forensic evidence that could be damning if there is a prosecution. Sources also claim the woman resisted the alleged attacker and bit the man in question. Um, They have identified the hotel where the alleged uh, assault occurred, and uh, the the well-known sports star took place. All right? Let's keep going down. The victim, remember, this is all still coming out. This is the uh, this is the 12th. The victim has not made a statement yet, and she is deeply distressed state and is struggling emotionally. No arrests have been made either. Detectives led by the detective inspector are going through uh, meticulous amounts of job sheets or inquiries. By the way, they got CCTV footage of them going in and out. Okay? Oh, it's this it, it's it's pretty crazy. Uh, the sports star has not spoken to uh, police, and the woman is yet to make a statement. The sports star told the Irish uh, source told the Irish Mirror the preliminary work is underway, but uh, the victim is so upset she can't bring herself to make the statement as of yet. And there's a reason she can't make these statements, and we're going to get into that into this next article. All right, this is still very, very vague. It doesn't really point a whole lot of fingers of who this notorious sports star could possibly be. Next one. This is The Sun. And by the way, I'm doing this chronologically. This is also reported on the 12th. Looked wired. Famous sports star accused of assaulting woman in Dublin was wild-eyed. Hmm. Who is an Irish sports star who's looked wild-eyed in the past? Not a lot of world-famous uh, sport, Irish sports stars out there, but wild-eyed, okay, was during a two-day bender 
of cocaine, by the way, if you keep reading it, hours before alleged attack. Now, I want to put this right here, okay? The athlete who is not a footballer. Wait a minute. That would kind of exclude a large portion of sports. There's not a lot of world-famous sports. People, for instance, in Europe, they don't watch baseball. They don't watch football. Oh, there's not a lot of those guys that are world-famous, and now the soccer players are out. Who could this world-famous Irish sports star be? Hmm. And why would they put well-known, well-known in all caps, in Dublin? Hmm. Oh, let's see. The athlete was spotted at a number of uh, top city center venues partying with his extended crew of Pats over the course of the weekend. Okay. I mean, this is getting, it, it's, it's about to get pretty brutal in the next couple of articles, guys. Um, sources said that the woman was terrified of making an official statement. There are claims that she left with bruising after the alleged attack uh, while there were supporting suggestions of bleeding. Oh, now she's bleeding on top of just the bruises around her neck. Still no arrests being made. This is the 12th, this Irish sports star. And now we learn that this sports star, this is December 14th, has faced other assault allegations. And guys, that's just the headline because this one goes dark. This one goes really dark. And yes, right here, a source said they have a lot of evidence and know of the timeline of events. They are missing a statement complaint, and without that critical piece of puzzle, they cannot progress uh, the inquiry. In other words, she's still not talking. And there's a reason she's not talking. Um, let's see. It is alleged the claimed uh, it is it is claimed the alleged victim, a mother of one, met the attacker in a nearby village before going with a group of uh, to a luxury hotel where cocaine and alcohol was consumed. Uh, let's see, the place was cleaned after the incident. She has not made a statement as of yet. She is deeply distressed, state of struggling emotionally. No arrests have been made. Detectives are going through meticulous inquiries. All right, now you're going to find out why she hasn't talked. Okay. Go all the way down here. This is really big. But these people are dangerous. Let's just dangerous. I want to read that part right here. Okay. She has yet to make a statement, but the guardian involved have offered her safety and understanding. It is difficult to get the statement and it is a difficult process for her. Part of the problem is the sports star is linked to people who are dangerous. Huh. Man. And it is understood the woman is friends with relatives of the suspect. So again, this is not some girl who just went with... She went to a after party with a group. She's known this person for a long time. Okay. It is understood the woman is friends with relatives of the suspect and was socializing with the group at this and the sports star already knew her. Who could this high profile sports star be? Irish central high profile Irish sports star is cooperating investigation. This is on the 17th, a notable world famous, all highlighted, all highlighted in Big, bold letters. A notable, world-famous Irish sports star is at the center of a violent assault. And I'm, I'm saying the nice word because they're saying the R word. Okay? Now, that's the 17th. Remember, this all happens the 9th, the morning of the 10th. This woman is so scared. This person's already made himself available to the police. She still hasn't named him. In fact, if you dig deep, it's suggested he actually turned himself in with his lawyer the day after. Remember, this person has never named this sports star. In fact, if you doubt me on that, 
On the 27th of December, the headline reads, Progress unlikely in investigation of sportsman rape claim because she won't make a statement. She still won't make a statement. The alleged victim, a young mother, was taken to a uh, sexual assault treatment unit where she was treated and forensic samples were taken. It is understood she presented in a highly traumatized state with extensive bruising. Um, she's been uh, in contact with the guardie about the alleged rape. She has not made a formal statement. Sources say despite forensic evidence taken from the woman, the investigation cannot move forward without her statement. This is all the way back two days after Christmas. It's weird we haven't heard about this in the media. Now, there is a law in Ireland that prevents the media there from naming this person, and that's why. And that's why we're being so careful here. Yeah, we, ha we have to be very, very careful here. We got some people saying Bono. I mean, we could say no. It's not Bono. Uh, we people could say Bono saying... is not a sports star, and he's not world yeah. famous. Yeah. We, and he's people not. Saying, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. People are saying, who the fuck? Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, exactly. Obviously, it's, it's a still developing situation. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, did I cut you off, Jason? Or yeah, well, we got a little bit more, there? man. We definitely have a little bit more. We got CCTV footage over here I want to let people know about. Okay. More and more and more on this person. So finally, on January uh, 19th, on the 18th actually, he's, he's actually arrested. But guess what? He's not charged because this person still hasn't made a statement yet. So now they have talked to him. And if you look, this is all over Ireland. Everybody knows who this alleged notorious sports star is. And they're saying only 8% of... Uh, these cases result in convictions, Luke, only 8%. And I promise you that if you did not have at least $10 million, there is no way from the reports of how badly beaten this woman was that you would have walked away from this. And there's a companion video out there, everybody. Go check out Pulse Change. Uh, there are a lot of things, including leaked text messages, a leaked press release report with the alleged person's name on them that we do show you in that. And we name who this allegedly is being reported as. In other words, I'm not reporting this, but if you look up these leaked messages and leaked press releases, this is the person. So if you want to see that, please go to the Pulse Change after the stream, of course. Um, Luke, the bottom line is, if it's who I'm alluding to, he's worth billions of dollars to a large entertainment group. And that's why th this may not result in a conviction. And I, I never want to see this person perform again. I want him, if this is true, and I want a fair trial, I want a fair trial, he should spend the rest of his life in prison. Well, big money usually highlights special rules. And uh, obviously, you know, this is a story that's still developing. Obviously, we're still waiting for more information. And um, hopefully justice is served here. And, um, you know, people need to take these stories seriously and to take them seriously because a lot of times they're just swept underneath the rug. And uh, we're living in a society where even people like R. Kelly still have fans. Uh, what R. Kelly did is it's absolutely crazy. Uh, even, you know, uh, you know, you look at Chris Brown also absolutely crazy. What they, you know, a lot of people have done in the past that are just not mentioned, swept underneath the rug, and people still have a loyal following, even though they're awful human beings, and they shouldn't. Um, now, obviously, this is going to be an interesting case to see how it develops from here. But obviously, Jason, you're you believe in this strongly, uh, and you're going to be covering this story very closely.
I, I guarantee that there is no hiding this story. It's already leaking out. Um, I've already shared this um, with some of the producers of An Open Secret, a very good documentary that has got an amazing track record. In fact, one of the week's stories we're going to be talking about, Brian Singer and that Big Atlantic piece. Um, you know, uh, other people, A.J. Benza, back in the day, the E! True Hollywood story, he's naming this out. People are upset, and they should be, because... Uh, no one should get a pass on this type of violence. If we can't hold somebody who's just a celebrity, no matter how famous they are, accountable, how are we going to ever hold a corrupt government or a corrupt system accountable, Luke? And that's that's another you know strong point and part of this. And and the other thing is that I take this personally, man. I, I raised two little girls. I live with my sister. She's downstairs right now. We all have a mother. Uh, you know, for those that maybe didn't grow up with a mom, we all have a woman that's a friend. And um, the details of this are just, they're, they're gross. They're, they're real gross. Yeah, um, 100% agree. Um, yeah, Jason's going to be tweeting about that. He did a video about it on the Pulse Change channel. So, you know, if you want to see more information about that, go check that out. Uh, anything else you want to get into? Or should, should I get to this last Super Chat and, uh, let's, and getting into the stories for every day of the week? Yeah, let's do the last Super Chat and then we'll do the, the weekly stories. Another very interesting one by GP4U tonight, and he says, uh, you guys think that Planet Planet X is real. I don't know about you, Jason, but I remember hearing about Planet X when I was like 14 uh, through uh, the book Behold the Pale Horse by William Cooper. And then again uh, at like 15 when I was reading uh, Ruled by Secrecy by Jim Mars. And I remember just being fascinated with the possibility that there's a 10th planet out there that could come around and has intellectual life. That's the basic theory out there that there's, you know, this other kind of huge planet with life on it that swings back around throughout a certain period of time. I forgot the exact time and then interacts with us. And there's kind of a bigger exchange between earth and this uh, other planet out there that has supposed alien life. Interesting theory. I don't know if I ever seen it confirmed other than reading about it when I was 15 and 14. I haven't heard or really seen anything uh, legitimate or credible by it, but very fascinating to uh, think about. You know, first time I heard about it was way back in the day we were given a lecture over at Hartwick Colleges, which is the other college up here other than SUNY Oneonta. There's about 150 people in this large lecture hall. We just got done showing loose change and taking questions, and somebody had this old newspaper, and he started talking about the, he was pointing like to this real newspaper and the report of Planet, Planet X. You can find some of these actually um, in Google and all that other stuff. Uh, as far as what you said about it, interacting with Earth, alien life, you know, there's all sorts of theories that were supposed to be in alignment in 2012 involving Planet X. That was a big one that was shot out of the water. Uh, as far as a planet that's undiscovered, there are a lot of reports on that. You know, and every time one of those comes up, somebody does point to Planet X. Um, so the possibility is out there. Whether it's alien infested with super intelligence and enlightenment, uh, I have no idea. I want to see a war between the flat earthers and the planet Xers. I would love to, ho we should host a debate uh, <laughs> between the two uh, because I would, I bet that there's probably someone who does believe in planet X and uh, does believe in a flat earth as well, uh, which I think would be hilarious uh, to talk to, uh, but that's a whole other subject. Uh, sorry. Uh, anything else you want to say, Jason, before we're getting into Monday's story? No, that's, that's perfect. That is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, let's get into uh, every. We're gonna choose. We picked a. Jason pretty much picked a story for every day of the week, so we're gonna go over them uh, really quickly and then take your phone calls. So, Jason, do you want to go over Monday story? Absolutely, guys. I want to let everybody know one of my favorite television shows is back, and it's back in a big way this season. True Detective, after an almost four-year hiatus, has returned to HBO, and let me tell you why this show is so damn important. This show started off, by the way, it's still produced by Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson does great work across the board. May not agree with everything he's got to say, but he is more of an activist actor that I respect. They do this uh, really gritty miniseries about a elite pedophile ring in which uh, you, you know young girls and boys are ritualistically raped and killed. And it leads back to the governor a high-level preacher. The whole thing doesn't get solved. They find um, this place called Carcosa at the end with just littered with child corpses. And at the end of the series, they say, we couldn't get them all, but we got some of them. So they they get, like, basically, like, the retarded inbred cousin of these, you know, this elite family. Now, the second season comes in, and it, a lot of people crapped on it. There was a lot of pooping on the chest of Vince Vaughn and Colin Farrell, but it was actually pretty entertaining. I enjoyed it, Luke. I thought it was uh, pretty underrated. And that one alluded to high-level sex trafficking. Not alluded. It was about high-level sex trafficking of young women into the redwood forests of California with a ton of bird symbology in them. <laughs> Well, okay. That's where Bohemian Grove happened. Oh, is it? That's yeah. so weird. That's so odd that that would happen. And when uh, Nick Pozzoletto, the creator of this show, before the second season came out, asked, was asked what it was about, he said it was about the occult origins of California's transportation system. And by the end of that second series, basically a corrupt politician's son who's running all these young women for these elites takes his place as that politician after pimping all these women out. It doesn't have a happy ending at all. This season has begun to usurp them all, Luke, as in the second episode of this series, they actually put this, the Franklin scandal, on HBO. They start talking about elite pedophile rings and the Franklin scandal, high-level political rings. They show the cover of the Washington Times in in which VIPs of Reagan and Bush administration have been ensnared. Now, there's a lot of occult stuff going on in this. Uh, It may be a red herring with the Franklin scandal, but we know this series has been about elite pedophilia in the past, and just them dropping the Franklin scandal alone is uh, pretty unbelievable, my friend. Yeah, I never watched True Detectives. The last thing I ever watched was like the first Harry Potter uh, <laughs> uh, movie. Uh, that's literally the last thing I watched. But I'm going to look into True Detectives. Um, there's always a lot of actual play on reality from a lot of bigger TV shows and movies that, of course, try to send out a kind of bigger message. You know, there's a reason the CIA and a lot of um, government agencies and intelligence agencies play a major role in the entertainment industry. It's because there's a lot of important, not only just symbology, but just straight up propaganda. But just like there's propaganda, there's also other shows and episodes that 
make you more open to the actual realities of the bigger truths out there. And those shows are very fascinating. One of the shows that I find does that was definitely season one of uh, Lie to Me. I don't know if you guys ever watched Lie to Me, but that's a pretty, I don't know if you ever saw it, Jason, but that's a, that's a gosh darn good show. Uh, <laughs> a lot of, uh, you know, symbology, be, symbology behind how politicians lie uh, about the micro expressions and body language they use to sell people on uh, information that is not true um but yeah have you ever seen it lie to me i don't believe i have seen lie to me pretty good bootlegging it right now uh <laughs> i'm gonna bootleg true detectives and uh definitely check it out uh later uh all right i want to get into anything else you want to say about this issue nope. until we get into tuesday's story nope from elite uh, pedophilia being uh, exposed on hbl to the world's largest fleet of delivery robots on a university campus, which has now been launched by Sodexo and Starship Technologies. And I believe this is at George Washington University. These machines look terrifying. Oh, they are terrifying. And the best part is Sodexo, um, my, my last landlord, the one before this one, or a couple back, actually. I actually liked her. She runs uh, one of Sodexo. Sodexo is a food service pe- um, industry, or I'm sorry, company, excuse me. Uh, that basically runs all the stuff up at campus. So you know what? It's only a matter of time till these little bad boys are in Oneana and everywhere else that Sodexo is. And this is a food... Th- th- this is it. Take a look, guys. This is the automation machines over at McDonald's. The little ba-ba-doop-ba-doop-ba-doo. We don't need somebody to take your order anymore. With and the now human the- feces on them. Yep. And, and the burger flipping machines in the back that are already out there in Japan. And now here they are, the fleet of delivery robots, the drones, the robots. Listen, I hate to tell you, but if you're a delivery driver, your, your job is not going to exist in 20 years. There's a lot of things that aren't going to exist in 20 years, and this is step one. So, I, I mean, what do you think, Luke? They are terrifying, aren't they? Look, it flips gonna open. Be, they're going to be the, the police state <laughs> Barack Obama robots that are going to attack you, drone you, and then uh, put you in little coffins and drive you off there. That's probably... <laughs> There's probably already a movie around that. We got some interesting super chats surrounding <laughs> <laughs> a lot of these theories out there. One of them um, is by uh, Ed Lobes 11, and he says Flat Earth and Planet X are actually connected. A lot of Flat Earth proofs don't prove a Flat Earth, but do confirm a solar simulation system. Jason, your very important thoughts about a solar simulation system. As I've stated in the past, uh, anything is possible, but what is probable right now, mainstream science, uh, the Googles, the IBMs, the Microsofts of the world are trying to sell us on quantum computing and the multiverse. The very fabric of our existence isn't there. We're not individuals, Luke. We don't really have a soul. In fact, every possible thing, every possibility plays out infinite numbers of time. And the smartest man on the planet who we praise all the time, Elon Musk, is telling us that we're probably part of a simulation and there is no base reality. Well, let me tell you something, brother. I don't buy it. I don't know. You never know. Every, every Anything is probable. But I think that every time you hear these kind of theories, they kind of cut at you as a human being. Because... If I'm not real, if, if all of this is just, you know, one of an infinite Jason Burmis, I don't really have free will. This is just another, I'm just being run through a program. And I'm not special. I'm not real. What I do doesn't really matter. I don't really have a soul. Morality doesn't exist. Um, I don't buy into it. I'm not very, I'm not a huge spiritual or religious guy. 
But I, I think there's something else going on. Yeah. Uh, GB4U tonight has another super chat, and he says you guys should try some edibles. I think it would be pretty interesting, Jason, uh, to have you eat some edibles, and then we'll take phone calls from the craziest or person we could find. You know, <laughs> or, they, or the most or the most conspiracy theorist person we could find to have this huge debate about flat Earth, Planet X, simulation theory. Everything. Uh, let's, what else is there? Uh, Atlantis. I want to. I want to hear about all of it. I. Ha, I really don't have time because I'm like researching, fact checking the news. Uh, but I think it would be hilarious to uh, take some kind of substances. You could do marijuana. I'll figure something out. Maybe mm-hmm. oh, yeah. mushies or something. And then <laughs> just open the phone lines. Open the phone lines and just start talking. Uh, all the theories that we could possibly talk to. Uh, we got another super chat by Stathoff, and he says, thoughts on Jimmy Dore. I'm a big fan of your and his show. Any chance of a collab? Thank you so much, Stalahoy. I was actually there when Jimmy Dore spat on Alex Jones, which uh, was definitely a very emotional Jimmy Dore. But Jimmy Dore, interesting, interesting character. Some of the stuff he says I 100% agree with. He is so much better than the mainstream media. He um, really, really sees it from a perspective that is very similar to ours, very anti-establishment. He's very concentrated on more of kind of a left paradigm, uh, which, again, he sees it from his side and his experiences. We see it from our side and our experiences. He plays a little bit into the left-right dichotomy, but overall a lot better than uh, everyone else out there. And uh, to me, overall, a solid job. I could critique him on so much, but um, so much better than anyone else out there. Uh, your thoughts really quickly, Jason, or, or you want to get the next Super Chat? Um, I just think he's a, a awesome. I, I love Jimmy Dore. Uh, I totally agree with you that he does come at from like a leftist, prog- progressive perspective. But 99% of the time, he's extremely reasonable. And I think that if somebody talked to him about the concerns of, say, you know, the climate change agenda you know, was reasoning with him, he'd at least let you speak and have a conversation. I've seen that happen. Uh, I've seen some leftist hacks kind of go in there, like uh, Pac-Man, I think it was. Maybe it wasn't David Pac-Man. It was one of those guys. Kyle Kalinske, I think it was. And, and kind of spouted some nonsense that I would have challenged. But he's anti-war. He's anti-establishment. He tends to tell the truth. Um, and uh, I, I enjoy him a lot. And uh, you know what? Hey, sometimes you got to spit on somebody. I, I mean, sometimes it just got to happen, man. I, I don't like Alex Jones. He shouldn't have spit on him. Uh, I'm not saying he should have spit on that Alex Jones. I'm just saying that there are times in life where maybe Jason Burmis hasn't been perfect. <laughs> and we'll leave it at that. Oh, I, don't know, I, don't, I don't know where you're going with that. All right, one more super chat. Anxious artificial intelligence says, so parallel universes, laughing my ass off infinite realities i think all possible i think the new spider-man movie actually talked about uh <laughs> parallel universes and there being so many different spider-mans out there uh, anything's possible i mean re- this could all just be a simulation as well but i think i there's a bigger point that you were making jason that uh, i think is important here that it is kind of getting rid of and, and and chewing away at the reality that we are kind of you know unique and and still have you know, morals and all that. That's an important aspect. Free will. Free yeah, will. Yeah, free I mean, will. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not just NPCs. Uh, you're not just controlled. Um, 
I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to make any kind of definitive decision when there's so little to base it off other than just speculations. Um, with the probability of our existence being a parallel universe, being a you know a possibility, you can't uh, underplay it. But at the same time, I think we don't know what this life really is for a very specific reason. I don't think we're meant to know because if we did, it wouldn't be as a challenge as a test as it is. Uh, if it is a test or a challenge at all. But I see it as a test. I see it as a challenge. I see it as trying to strive and do the best work that you can in a short, limited time with very, 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 very huge odds against you. Um, that's how I see it personally myself. Uh, really quickly, Jason, because we're going way over time and I'm starving and I'm really hungry and I got a bunch of things I got to do. You got it. Uh, Brian Singer in the news again, trended this week. Atlantic article. Way more victims, young teenage victims. We're talking about 13, 14 years old. And guess what? His picture, Bohemian Rhapsody, which they tried to take his name completely off. But hey, I just watched it this week. And guess what? Right in the intro, directed by Brian Singer. Five Oscar nods, including Best Picture. Again, um, Michael what? Moore actually did something similar. He took off Harvey Weinstein's name mm. from, uh, of course, uh, Fahrenheit was 11.9. Yep. Um, again, a lot of lot of dirty people in Hollywood. And by the way, Singer is also um, said to be, uh, by sources like NT Lawyer and others, one of the people over on Epstein's Island. And that shouldn't be weird because he pals around and has Kevin Spacey, who was confirmed to go to that island in a lot of his films. And it seems like they have a lot of the same kind of activities, Luke. They're interested in a lot of the same things. Uh, I'm going to... Not take it that much farther than that. You want to read this article? You know, it's it's only one of the most extensive articles I've ever seen on the subject. It's only one of the most well-researched articles I've ever seen on the subject. Let's just scroll right down. Meow. Gonna take you a while. I'm I'm keep going. It's gonna this gonna go yeah, right I into just about sent it over to the chat room. Yeah, about forty minutes. If you really want to get into the nitty gritty, and you know what, that's gonna lead us right into Thursday's story, Luke. Because uh, Gabe Hoffman, who uh, is the one of the producers on An Open Secret, he got this tweet, and I think it's really interesting. Uh, basically, this journalist right here, who's trying to rename, uh, remain anonymous, says that he has talked to about 40 people about this high-level Hollywood alleged pedophile, and no one will touch the story. And then he says, cough, Dan Schneider, cough. And uh, Gabe Hoffman says, hey, I'm going to put you in touch with the right people because he's one of the people making this happen. And props to him. God bless him. For those who do not know who Dan Schneider is, uh, if you have children and they have watched Nickelodeon over the past 15 years, he has created the majority of those shows. From iCarly um, to that uh, weird high school like acting show, I'm going to let you just Google Dan Schneider and look up what he's allegedly done and how he's allegedly involved with Britney Spears' little sister when she was pregnant at 14 years old. I'll let you just check it out for yourself. But here's another guy. This guy was let go uh, by Nickelodeon about, I think, a little bit over a year ago. I was one of the only people to re uh, report on it. Cricket since. He needs to be brought to justice. And I'm hoping that's going to happen. I hope there's going to be exposure. We've had it on R. Kelly. We had it with Epstein. We're having it with Brian Singer right now. Um, these people need to be brought to justice. It, it's crazy how dark some of these celebrities are, Luke. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I just Googled this dude. He's a he's a creep. Uh, <laughs> at least a lot of weird stuff coming up. But again, bringing up an important here, uh, important aspect here with the libel cases. The court systems don't work in the favor of truth. Usually, they work in the favor of big money, and that's why the system sometimes is rigged. And it's very difficult for a lot of people to actually speak out against these very powerful, horrible people. Uh, and sometimes justice is very hard to make. So uh, important aspect to talk about in a way where the information still gets out there, but we don't get into too much trouble. All right. What's the next article? Really quick. You know, we just want to revisit. There was no bigger story Friday than Roger Stone uh, being indicted. And, uh, you know, with this guy, I'm not a big fan, but obviously... They arrested him on nonsense, nothing Russia. It was total crap. And uh, covered that, yeah, yeah, yeah covered yeah. it, covered it in great <laughs> detail on this YouTube channel. And then the last story, and then let's take phone calls and then uh, call it a night. You got it. Uh, accused Nexium sex cult leader asked to be freed on $1 million bond. And uh, basically, Rainier is trying to get out. This is his third pitch. Uh, the Bronfman sisters are financing this. And so far, they have not um, let him go on bond. But remember, Allison Mack is out. Uh, Bronfman, although she's out, is wearing an ankle bracelet. So this is still a serious investigation into a large sex trafficking ring, and we are keeping you updated on it. Yeah, Philip DeFranco actually did a really good video on uh, Nexium on his YouTube channel. That was very comprehensive, very uh, detailed, a lot of facts in there, a lot of shocking things, definitely worth a watch. Uh, just look up Philip DeFranco and uh, Nexium did a really good job and uh, was very impressive, even though he falls short sometimes. I thought his coverage on Venezuela was not good at all and definitely was biased and didn't show both sides of the story. But his coverage on Nexium pretty day, pretty darn good. Uh, okay, let's take a phone call and uh, take some phone calls and uh, call, call it a night. You got it. It's open. It's 607-542-9184. That's 607-542-9184. Let's take the call, guys. What do you want to yeah. talk about? Did we miss something? Did we miss or, something? Or something wrong? Or, or you know, because again, guys, uh, a lot of the information we get is from doing a lot of research, but also talking to you guys and your comments and uh, your feedback. Greatly appreciated. There's always a lively discussion. There's always some kind of debate, and there's always some kind of humorous, off the wall, crazy comment. And I, I got to say, I enjoy the comment section a lot. Uh, a lot of craziness in there. Uh, it makes you really question. Uh, you know. A lot of things by um, looking into the chat room um, and uh, a lot of repetitive stuff, too. That's not always the best, but uh, uh, definitely makes you, uh, how would you say, a stronger individual. All right. That's one way of saying it. Let's take this phone call. Yeah, of course, we got two at the same time. Which one am I going to go with? The right. Bam. You are live with Luke and Jason. Luke can't hear you. I can. So I'll repeat what you have to say. What's your name? What would you like to talk about? Uh, hi, my name is uh, Terrell. I just wanted to talk about, um, I just wanted to say thank you guys. I've been watching you guys ever since your YouTube channel was really small. So it's kind of absolutely amazing, I suppose, to just see something like you guys out there. It gives me a whole lot of hope out in the world. I just wanna, wanted to uh, kind of ask you, why, what do you, do you actually, do you think, Maybe if we got some of these big politicians to take some big psychedelic doses, maybe <laughs> they would actually 
see how much of a horrifying monster they are. Nope. You know, maybe stop. Nope. I don't. And uh, let me stop you for a second so I can let Luke in on this question really quick, and it's a good one. He's saying, if we had some of the powers that be taking psychedelics, could we maybe open their minds and stop? And I know there's a lot of research out there right now using psychedelics um, as medicine, and I totally see that kind of uh, therapy, depending. There, I, I think there's a lot of hokiness to it. At, at some points, but I definitely see some benefits. For instance, right now, Kentucky Ayahuasca is on Vice, and that's a big show for them. And then just this week, you know, it's on the internet. You go check it out. But Alex Jones has now accused uh, Joe Rogan of being some mind-control ultra-promoting DMT and other psychedelics with Jan Irvin. I think it's complete nonsense. I've watched it. It's... Yeah, well, Jan well, Irvin, I was actually watching that video. I was going to bring this up in a discussion here. I found it fascinating because this is supposedly the first guy that, that I mean. uh, did DMT with oh, Joe Rogan. Call. Um, I would just ask and uh, one more Alex question. is going well, on. One second, brother. I got... I got for anybody Demonic like me, possessions. how would you, um, how would so, you have uh, them? Very fascinating uh, video that I'm watching halfway through, and I'm like, what the hell is this? And now, uh, when it comes to psychedelics, there have been some medical studies that prove uh, a lot of cognitive improvement because of psychedelics like mushrooms, like acid, like uh, also other drugs like ecstasy that have helped people through post-traumatic stress disorder from uh, a lot of negative, repetitive, self-sabotaging uh, behaviors. Uh, but again, just like with anything, um, our bodies, our brains are so different, especially our brain chemistry. Different things affect people differently. For an example, I can't do THC. I do CBD. I have CBD literally in my vape right now, and it works really great for me. But someone, you know, uh, you know, for example, say someone like you know, Dan Dix, he loves THC and it has a positive effect on him um, and it has a negative effect on me. So when it comes to psychedelics, it all depends on the individual. I, you know, saw people even have freakouts with them and totally lose control. And some people totally lose their mind on them and, and have a very hard time coming back to uh, reality. Some people haven't come back to reality because of too much psychedelics. So uh, will the world be better if everyone takes psychedelics? Well, no, I don't know. Uh, definitely not because everyone's different. Um, I think the realm of psychedelics is a very personal journey that people need to make themselves as individuals after doing a lot of research. Uh, you know, and it still is toying around with the unknown. Uh, some people have a lot of, you know, in interesting theories about that. But uh, I think with anything, uh, especially as important and as big as this, taking things very slow, researching things is more important than you actually acknowledge. And you shouldn't just go, you know, putting acid into the public drinking water. Uh, you should take things uh, with a lot of consideration and a lot of it using your gut instinct to decide if this is the right move for you, whether this will help you or not hurt or, or not help you. Um, very personal decision. Um, it could be that it could save some of the elites, but it could be that it could also make them a lot worse as well. Uh, anything's possible here. Yeah, I think uh, I think that wraps it up, right? I, we, that's uh, that's our phone call. Um, that's the whole shebango. You, why why do you think the Rogan thing about the psychedelics uh, was nonsense? Was wrong. Yeah. All right. Well, so I watched I watched the interview. Someone sent it. I think who was it? Dice called me actually. Dice called me up and told me I needed to watch it. Yeah, you know I do Dice's book covers for those that don't know. Go check out. Uh, uh, what's probably my favorite one? I think the Illuminati in Hollywood is one of my one of my faves that I've done. But go check them out, or or just uh, 
what inside the Illuminati. That's another one I've done. Anyway, he calls me up. He tells me about it. I start watching it in the background while I'm doing some Photoshop stuff and listening to it. And like, yeah, the parts with Tim Leary admitting to you know working with uh, the CIA and LST. Yeah, that's all legitimate. Um, Joe Rogan being the new Timothy Leary are set up and like all this conjecture and nonsense. Look, man, I, 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 if there were evidence out there to suggest to me that Joe was somehow working with the authorities and the powers of the B to oppress people, I'd be the first one talking about it. But I find his podcast is insightful. Last night I had it. Well, the theory was, well, the theory that Alex Jones and this guy laid out was that, uh, Joe Rogan is pushing DMT and psychedelics yeah. on people so they lose their kind of uh, connection to God and they open themselves up to these kind of demonic possessions and demonic entity, en- en- entities and these like little uh, elf people that exist in the DMT the clockwork world. elves. <laughs> yeah, the clockwork, clockwork elves. That, 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 you know, not that, uh, you know, I, I forgot the exact words he Well, you got to understand, before Jon Irvin... Do, a, do a, a review of it yeah. and just do some reactions from it. I think that would be interesting. Not not on today's show, but maybe just on a separate, separate show by itself. Mm-hmm. Or maybe even do a review of that video. But I believe the argument was that he's a pawn being used by them, just like... Uh, the CIA pushed, uh, you know, helped what? introduce psychedelics onto people to create kind of degenerates and the kind of 1970s hippies that uh, didn't accomplish anything. Yeah, that that's kind part of, of it. Theory out there because there's a theory out there that the hippie movement has been created and co-opted by the CIA to make people self-indulgent and not kind of puritanical, hard workers, religious people who. Uh, try to make their lives better, but are just too self-indulgent. Um, so I don't know what you guys think about that, but I think it's also very interesting to delve into and talk about. What do you think about that? I mean, am, I, am I correct on that, Jason, or I, incorrect? I, I mean, I'd say this, man. You got to understand, before the Jan Irvin thing, he was already saying that, you know, Rogan wouldn't have him on. He'd been talked to, and they were going to set him up. And then, and then I watched this whole thing, and I've already... I've watched DMT, the spirit molecule and uh, Jan Irvin, actually, when he's talking about this experience with him and Eddie Bravo and all them, um, they were watching that film with the guy who created uh, one of the guys that created that film. I've never done DMT. I have done hallucinogenics. I don't think that Rogan promotes them that thoroughly. And I'm not trying to say that, you know, it's good or bad to do these things, but to have such crazy conjecture again, Jan Irvin is now, you know, of Gnostic Media. I don't know how much you remember of Gnostic Media back in the day, but they were around. I know plenty of Gnostic Media has done a complete 180 from, you know, Gnosticism and that type of research to being a Christian. And I'm not knocking Christians here, folks. I want to make that clear. But they are definitely coming at it from a religious perspective where everything that, I I guess, brings you away from Jesus Christ um, is demonic. And that's, you know, odd to me. Yeah, I mean, they could be right. There's some people in the comment section saying that DMT strengthens your connection to God rather than takes it away from you. I also met people who took DMT and literally were scared uh, by the elves. And the elves were like, get out of here. Um, so, the, you know, uh, there's a lot of different experiences, a lot of different things. A lot of definitely comes down to it that there's something bigger than just us down here, that there's something more, um, you know, 
powerful that there's something beyond our understanding uh and i do believe psychedelics give you a little preview of it whether we're supposed to be seeing it whether it's the right thing or the wrong thing i don't know i can only trust my gut instinct and uh, when i was younger i was like i think it's important to uh, research this stuff that a lot of research has some personal experiences um and again it's all subjective it's all depending on you i i feel I would feel bad advocating it because it could lead people astray. I knew one person that literally had a DMT vape pen and would sit down. He would also YouTube it and have major like death doses of DMT every day for like 30 days in a row. And we'd stream it live on his YouTube channel. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? You know, this is supposedly your connection to the divine. You're not supposed to just abuse it for clicks on YouTube and try to be famous. Uh, and like, I was just, I was just shocked. Um, I was also at Burning Man. They also had a whole bunch of DMT pens at Burning Man, and everyone's like, "Hey, go under, go under, go under, go do this, go mix this and this." And I'm like, "Nah, I'm okay." Personally, it wasn't something that I wanted to re-engage with. Because, um, again, I do believe it is, it is fascinating to talk about these things. But, again, personal journey, listen to your gut. Mike Tyson was even on the Joe Rogan show just a few uh, days ago. And Mike Tyson did a form of DMT and was talking about how this form of DMT helped him uh, let go of a lot of his violent past and a lot of the mistakes he made throughout his career and move on into a different Mike Tyson that is not just – uh, susceptible to low impulse control and violence and um, and to a lot of the destructive behavior, uh, which I also found interesting. And, and on some occasions, it has helped people, but also on some other occasions, it, it's done the opposite. So, again, very, very personal stuff um, that you guys uh, need to do your own research on. And most importantly, listen to your gut and your instinct when it comes to engaging in any of those activities because it's it's for some people and it's not for some people um as well uh last kind of super chats another one by g poor gp for you tonight and he says guys i heard that elvis is still alive and <laughs> laughy face any 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 comments about uh jason the little elves during your dmt trips and uh, elvis being alive um I don't take DMT trips. For you. Yeah, and as far as the Elvis is still alive, yes, he's in, alive in the hearts of millions of 60 to 70-year-old women that enjoyed him in the 50s and 60s. I'm sure he's alive I mean, in trailer be. parks across the nation Tupac on plates. Alive. Oh, come on. There's the, video, there's the video that someone made of me interviewing David Icke at Occupy Wall Street. Now, that, that Tupac in the background. <laughs> That video got like 200,000 views. Me, David Icke, talking about the larger protest movement, the police suppression, the media. There's a black guy with a bald head and a gold tee. Walks by us for five seconds. Five seconds, just some random guy. I don't know who the hell it is. <laughs> some random black guy walks by us, talking to David Icke. I think it was Dabu7. Oh. All freaking people. Dabu being like, guys. We got the exclusive ears. <laughs> Tupac is alive and well. <laughs> and he's in Luke Kudowski's video right now. Walking past him. Guys, this is confirmed. Tupac is alive. I'm telling you. Kill Illuminati 
at Occupy Wall Street as Lukardowski is talking to David Icke. Now, it's not clear whether Lukardowski is a part of the Illuminati <laughs> or he's giving us this bigger message to show us that Tupac came from Cuba, faked his own death, still alive, helping push and support the Occupy Wall Street movement. That video, I think it got two million views. Two million freaking views of him just talking about Tupac because of a random black guy that just walked past my video. And I'm like, what? what? I'm going to look up the video. Have you seen it, Jason? I know exactly what you're talking about. The two-pack shaker video where apparently he's just Tupac hanging out. Alive. Yeah, it's... it's, it's, it's... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm putting that on YouTube right now. Oh, everybody loves a good corny one. By the way, there was one we missed. Johnny Appleseed, thank you for the super chat. Classmate nailed 15-year-old Scarlett Johansson was 24. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of talk about uh, the casting couch and Charlotte, uh, Scarlett Johansson. By the way, a lot of controversy that uh, the new Black Widow film starring Scarlett Johansson is going to get an R rating and maybe even kind of along the lines of what we saw with Jennifer Lawrence and uh, Sparrow. Gustavo Avalos, oh, thank you for the $2 uh, super chat. 4.5 million views. 4.5 mil? 4.5 million views. Machiavelli lives. <laughs> Best proof. Tupac Shakur is alive. 2015. Oh, my God. I, I'm speechless. Is that how we're ending the show? Is that it? Yes. Yes. 4.5 million views. 21,000 upvotes, Jason. 21,000 <laughs> upvotes. 21,000 people said, that's Tupac. Well, well, technically, technically, well, he used my video, so we could play this video. Oh, you're going to send it to me? Where are you at? Oh, God. It starts. It's He's hiding in the shadows. Tupac is. Yeah. Can you hear it? Yeah, I could hear it. Not well, but like, the audience is going to be able to hear like, it. like, if I was Tupac, I would be alive. I would show up in a Lukardowski video with David Icke. Makes perfect sense to me. 4.5 million. What's the most viewed video on our channel? I am. The, I think it's the Rothschild one. It's It's got to be right in that range. I think it's like 5.6. How much is it? I think the Rothschild one. My most viewed video. It's got to be the Rothschild one. most viewed video. Excuse me. If this has less, I'm going to be so... Okay, okay. 5.2 million yeah. views is our most viewed video, and that's the Lord Jacob Broadchild confrontation. Uh, second one is literally me talking to David Icke, talking about ISIS in 2014 before anyone was talking about it, predicting that bigger thing. Uh, then we have another video with me literally just... I'd have another video. You never know what's going to go popular here on YouTube. I made a video with just the screen being recorded, me talking about what Putin did. 2.2 million views. Uh, and then uh, the fourth video that I think I'm most proud of is the work that I did in uh, Caracas, Venezuela, uh, two years ago. But uh, yeah, yeah, uh, 4.5 million views. Tupac still alive in We Are Changes video. Let's end it on that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Folks, we thank you so much for uh, joining us. We do this every single Sunday. Please consider 
uh, becoming a member on the newsletter, you'll get the uh, great bonus content, whether it be the expatriating content, the cryptocurrency, the research tutorials, all that good stuff. We just moved over to subscribedstar.com slash wearechange because we're getting rid of our Patreon because they are censoring voices. So make sure you go over there. We actually, I think we've gotten over $100 plus in donations uh, in the last two, three days since we started. So please go check out that platform. I'm actively posting there. And go subscribe to the backup channel of Pulse Change where you can find out the alleged name of the alleged monster Irish sports star who is super notorious. Luke, you got anything else? Tupac's alive. Subscribe. Machiavelli, Illuminati. Peace out, folks. Don't know how I'll stand it. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate all your hard work.